Evening, folks. We are a few episodes away from the 100 still, but uh, you never know, depending on how the playoffs go, I'm hopeful of actually getting to episode 100 this season. But anyway, two minutes for episode 97. Uh, and this is, this is a big one. We've got big games coming up uh, against Cardiff to cover. And also the news we've not recorded since Malcolm Cameron, coach, was announced as coming back. Uh, so I think that's probably the best place to start before looking ahead to the weekend. Um, good news, I think, in general, that he's coming back from the point of view of having a bit of continuity that we've not seen for a few years, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I think he needs another season as well to kind of implement his style and be given a full off season to recruit properly. Um, I think when it was announced, he'd said that he'd, he's already spoken to hundred a hundred players, um, which is kind of it's obviously something that the fans want to hear. I'm not sure if the players do, but um, but we know that there's a I think there's a need for for improvement there. Um, the, I think the coach knows that as well, and he's had a season of experience in the league as well. So I'm excited for what he's got in store, I think. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. That uh, The sort of main headline of the news article was that he's spoken to more than 100 players. Uh, we already started recruitment in January, but obviously the main focus is on this season. They added in at the end, which it should be. But yeah. Um, obviously, when we, we look ahead to next season, we'll do a proper preview and stuff. I think there are areas that we've discussed over the year, really, that can be strengthened. And him having one year of experience, I think he'll know exactly what that is, where those areas are. So um, it's quite interesting. And I suppose there is some excitement that we'll see who he brings back. And you think with such an honest guy, those are the the ones that he really rates, how many out of the, the current squad will he bring back? Who knows? Uh, but it's quite, it'll be quite fun to see who that actually is. Yeah, I think we've kind of seen it in bits throughout this season as well, where he's obviously had a look at the team and thought, oh, I need I need improvements in, in these areas. And he's went out and got guys like Mitch Jones and Braylon Schmier, and you can tell right away um, just how much of a difference they made um, and even Colton Waltz to, to an extent as well defensively so um, I think he's obviously got a keen eye for um, for decent players and now he knows what the league's like I think maybe the other question to ask as well is if we're going to end up with four line hockey again for next season because I, I do feel like we've we've missed that certainly Um this season, so if we can, can I get back up to full quota um, with that and have kind of parity throughout the league on that, then um, I would like to see us push on and make a make a real first of it next year. Yeah, I guess that depends on uh, league regulations as well as, as much as anything, but I think uh, the main thing is that we sort of see improvements in the obvious weak areas we've got at the moment. Um, albeit generally the season's been okay, uh, as we've said, up and down. There are some obvious areas and it'll, it'll be good to, to see him address those. I think he it it seems he seems competent um, and then you never know what he's going to pull off over the playoffs. <laughs> you never know. You, you can't rule it out. Uh, might be a, a Malcolm Cameron tactical masterclass. So, uh, when you said he didn't be, know what he was going to pull off, I thought you were talking about his post-match interviews. Well, what he's going to kick that as well. Depends what he's going to kick or who's <laughs> who he's going to kiss. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I, I noticed that um, a compilation video was created with some of his best one-liners. Did you see that? I've not, no, I've not seen it. Yeah. They, uh, they played at the Play of the Year Awards 
and it just contained the stuff about kissing your sister and kick the dog, which I did see went on to explain is by explode he meant get angry rather than actually explode. So that was yeah. he's not he's not got a strange breed of dog running about his flat. Um, but he's yeah he's an interesting guy. So let's let's see what it leads to. I suppose just mentioning those clan awards it's not really much of a surprise that Shane Starrett was the the main man at those winning I think MVP players player and something else he won another thing which I don't remember Bands player player, that's right Uh, no surprise there I think his recent performances have have cemented that Uh, and then Awards for Mitch Jones, Noel Laporte and Matthew Waswell, among others. So I don't think there were any surprises in there, but it shows that we have got in that group a few kind of stars, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and these are the guys that have shown up um, game in, game out as well for us. So, nah, no, no real shocks there. Um, the guys that have won have obviously fully deserved to win those awards um, for their participation in, in the season as a whole and we've obviously relied on Matthew Wa quite a bit for point production um, and you know what Nolan Laporte is going to give you 100% in every game um, uh, Mitch Jones again just kind of for a while there point a game D-man which is uh, again something that we're, we're missing from the, the very start of the season but He's come in and sort of changed things from that point of view. Um, and sort of given us another dimension on, on defence as well. So, uh, no, I can't uh, have any gripes over, over those winners. And then start it, obviously, just absolutely incredible from start to finish. So, yeah, all thoroughly deserved winners. Yeah, I have to go back again to you did call the start it thing at the start of the season, which... Uh... <laughs> I'll not be able to live that. Well, I didn't. I didn't say it'd be bad. To mention that again, no. I didn't say it'd be bad. I just thought he wouldn't be as good as he has, which is good. My only worry is he's been so good that will we we not be able to keep him almost. But that's that's for another time, really. Uh, I think since we last recorded, there've been seven games. Uh, just to quickly run through them and then pick out the highlights. We had a, a 5-1 loss at Belfast, 2-1 home loss to Dundee, 7-4 home win against Manchester, 2-0. Defeat at Coventry, a 2-0 home win against Sheffield, 7-2, and then 4-3 wins over five home and away. Uh, so it depends how you dress up those stats, you could say. We've won our last three, but you could also say that we were playing against uh, easily the weakest team in the league, and uh, we're still kind of running at that 50% odd mark. Um, yeah. But I, I think in those, the highlights for me would be scoring seven goals twice, um, which we've not done a lot this season, if at all before I don't think that Manchester game and then obviously the 2-0 home win against Sheffield which was Shane Starrett's second shutout and he was really incredible that game and I think we were quite good defensively as well took our chances uh, but th- those three stand out and then perhaps the the overtime home loss to Dundee being the the low light of that given that the performance at Coventry albeit a defeat was was better. I think the Dundee one was a low point. Um, but some good, some bad, as it's been the whole season, really. Yeah, exa- exactly that. I think um, the last time we recorded, I think it was a was a 7-1 defeat to Belfast, um, or 8-1, something like that. Um, and obviously the next game after that was in Belfast, and we could beat 5-1 there and I think we'd kind of written that game off anyway so yeah um, definitely glad to 
glad to have seen the back of them. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have them in the playoffs either. Um, but yeah, just kind of touching on that that Dundee game, I guess, is just at that point it kind of felt like maybe it was a game that got away from us. Um, I feel like Stars have kind of matched us really well this season on the whole. Um, and obviously finished on the same points as is in the league. So again, that's you know credit to Omar Pasha and we know what what a job he does there. And um, obviously again done done well to avoid Belfast in the playoffs. Um, I think at that yeah. point as well we'd we'd scored seven goals in five games um, after that Dundee game, and that looked uh, you know I, I think. We did look really quite poor at times. Um, certainly not not playoff hockey form. Um, so at that point for me, it was a bit of a concern. Um, but again, credit to to Coach Cameron and the, and the team that really picked themselves up from then. I think um, you know they had a full week uh, of training um, after that game, and you know we have had quite a lot of midweek games this season and. Um, I guess that does kind of affect preparation and stuff like that as well and um, what you look to do in, in training and that kind of thing so um, but I certainly since that Storm game it's just um, it's been pretty pretty good with the the exception of the 2-0 loss in Coventry but and again that's just Coventry have just kind of had their number um, this season it seems so just one of those things but bounce back in the game against Sheffield and yeah I get like you say start it was just unbelievable that night um, I still think about that that double save that he had um, it's a rebound and saving it with a stick it was just yeah that was a real highlight honest. Uh, yeah it just he's a constant reliable presence really and um ultimately yeah, he's he is the reason why we've made the playoffs if if we're being honest about it. Yeah, he, he is the reason we've made them and he's also the reason that uh we could cause an upset. Because yeah. we we know in all honesty um it would be an upset to beat Cardiff and it would be an even bigger upset to um to even get to the the playoff final, for example, so he is he is the key guy. Um, I think we got lucky in a way that we finished the season with two games against Fife. Uh, <laughs> I know that the last game they ran is quite close, um, but in the the home game on Saturday there, I thought uh, you know it could have been. We could have had even more goals, really. There, um, yeah, Fife were very poor. I know it's it's hard to get motivation and be up for it and stuff, but I think they looked very poor, and I know they were short of some players as well. So, um, when you look at the way the table finished, only four points separates fourth to eighth, uh, <laughs> and that's you know that four points there. Is is the difference between us finishing sixth and eighth? Uh, so that was that was nice the way that fell for us. But you've still got to go and beat them, I suppose. Um, and the win against Sheffield midweek really sort of set us up, I suppose, for that. Because without those two points, you look at it again, and uh, we'd be we'd be facing Belfast, I think. No, we'd move ahead in regulation wins, but it's so close, and I don't think there's been many seasons like that that I can remember recently, where the playoff positions could really have switched right up until last game. Yeah, I would agree. It's been uh, it's been really kind of good to see, I guess, from that point of view. It would have been nicer, obviously, if um, if Manchester or, or Fife were a wee bit closer and made things a bit more interesting with regards to the playoffs but it is kind of interesting we're, we're sitting here now and we've finished sixth and we've said oh it's been 
the season as a whole has been has been okay. It's been you know pretty pretty good all things considered, I guess. Um, but I just wonder like would we have been saying that if we'd finished eighth, even though it's only <laughs> I know. Uh, it's just yeah, but it is kind of fine margins and stuff like that, and I do feel like games that we've games that we've lost in overtime, um, that is a that is a bit of concern I think for me. Um, it's certainly something that I would like to see improve on going forward. I think sometimes we maybe just uh, happy to take a point some games, but um, yeah, and again that that could. Could have made the difference as well if we'd have got, you know, another couple of points out of that. Um, then who knows? But we are where we are, and um, yeah, as you say as well, with the kind of regulation win record means that it kind of stood in our favour as well. So can't really have too many com- complaints about that, I guess. But it's just, yeah, just uh, nice to be in the playoffs, I guess, and not playing. Belfast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seven seven overtime losses is joint highest with Sheffield. Um, and at the same time, uh, another uh, two points, another win would have taken us to joint fourth, and you'd be saying that that's a very good season, all things considered. So it does it does work both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and would have been interesting, but sixth it is, and yeah, we're in the playoffs, got to be happy to be in the mix, I suppose. And Cardiff it is, who are the opponents. And it's a it's an away game first on Saturday night and then back to Brayhead on Sunday for the the return leg. Um obviously this format is interesting the whole uh, Elite League aggregate thing, which is new to most most new players that come over from pretty much every other league. We've got a couple of guys that know the format, um, but I suppose it's just it's just a case of what can Malcolm Cameron do? Does he does he pull a, a rabbit out of the hat, as I said earlier, with a tactical masterclass or? Uh, do we go down there and think, well, let's just keep this tight and really try and play defensively solid, or do we go for it a wee bit? It's, it's interesting. And then you factor in the travel aspect that most teams seem to be wanting to do the the home game first and make the away team travel twice. It's a big, big impact, I think, especially when it's back-to-back nights. With no sort of rest in between. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess that's kind of what's been. It's not really. It's not great having that that sort of playoffs as just the one weekend. Here you go, two games back to back. Um, because travel is is a huge part of it. Um, and obviously. Teams like Cardiff and Sheffield and Belfast are going to want to use that as an advantage. Um, but it's just that's kind of the way it is just now. Um, don't know if that's likely to change at all, but it's certainly something that you would maybe want to look at. Again, kind of similarly to having like a best of three or best of five type thing and have it over a couple of weeks and maybe have a midweek game in there as well. Um, I'm sure, we, have we not done that in the past where you had a game on Saturday or, Saturday yeah. or Sunday and then a Wednesday or something like that? I think, yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, even I suppose splitting on Friday night and then the, the Sunday. But uh-huh. I guess um, probably from a commercial point of view as everything seems to lead into now that Weekends are the most profitable from that point of view, but I think yeah, I think you're right. We maybe had a midweek and then a weekend uh, in the last few years, but I suppose that's the way it is. And then the, the counter argument to that is 
that's why you have the season to, to be able to choose that. Um, yeah. I mean, it is, it is a good debate that obviously teams that are much stronger at home, you would normally think, well, you, you've chosen the home leg second and you know you know what you've got to do. But at the same time, you go down to Cardiff and to use a Malcolm Cannon phrase, lay an egg <laughs> and then come come back with a, a three or four goal deficit, then it's it's really hard. But just got to see how we we react to it. Um, create an interesting point that I'd noted down is obviously Cardiff recently um, parted with with their coach. I'm assuming that that was a, a performance based thing. There wasn't really too much information, but I know they've won most of their their games since that. But is that going to give us any kind of advantage? You think with a coachless Cardiff as opponents? Um, it might do. It might do. Um, I don't know though. It's just it's kind of one of those things you can only. For me, I think you need to go on how how the teams are performing at the time and kind of looking back throughout the season um, and how games have gone against Cardiff. And I guess, you know, if, if we're honest, then we've won one out of six um, against them. And uh, I think, though, largely we've kind of run them close in a lot of games and there's certainly two or three games maybe where um, there's been moments or like five or ten minute periods where we've lost concentration and and they've taken full advantage of that and have scored three or four goals at a time. Um, So that's obviously something that we need to look at and uh, something that we can maybe prepare for. yeah, I don't know. To kind of answer your question, I guess, I don't know. It's just, yeah. uh, um, we'll just kind of wait and see. And I guess there's there's something to be said with like sort of one-off or um, sort of playoff games like these that form kind of goes out the window as well. And we've seen that with, with clan teams in the past. So I, 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 I don't know. You can only really look at what's happened during the season and how kind of focus on, on clan and how we can prepare to try and get one over on them. Yeah, I think it I think it must be quite nice from a coach's point of view of only having one team to prepare for. Uh, that sort of um, gets rid of any excuses where your your focus is diverted elsewhere. But as you say there have been some close ones, uh, one of the games down in Cardiff in particular, I think we were possibly leading by two goals going into the the, the last part of the game uh, but it is, it is five out of six losses um, five to at home, three to at home, four to away uh, three one away and four two away our losses. We did beat them at home 6 3. Uh, this, I think it was this year, possibly a couple of months ago. They had a, a slightly de- depleted roster, I believe. Um, yeah, I was going to say that. I feel like they were maybe missing a couple of demon for yeah. that one. But, but it's, if you're looking to try and take positives, it's I'd rather go in like that than against a team that, you know, we've lost. Sort of Guildford style, where we've lost every game in the past against them. Yeah. Uh, and we know that they're close. You would take a deficit, but for me, I'm I'm going down there to to try and score a few goals and uh, get a leader a tie if possible. I don't want to go down and play against such an offensive team like that. Just try and keep them tight uh, because. I'm not sure that overall over the two games that will work for us. No, that seems to be Malcolm Cameron's style that he talks about. I think, I think we need to try and get more of that. 
seven goal scoring team than the the team that's one nil up against Dundee going into the the final stages and ends up losing two one kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I've been kind of going back and forward with this because if you do that and against a team like Cardiff, um, you know, if that if you kind of go there and sort of come out attacking, then they're good enough to be able to one nullify it and then to capitalise on it as well. Um, I think they've got the best. Or certainly our second best defensive record in the league. Um, so we don't give away too much. Um, and, you know, looking at special teams as well, I think they've had the best um, or close to the best power play in the league. Um, and I think they are the best in the penalty kill. So, um, so yeah, very shrewd on special teams. So, um, something again that obviously we would need to prepare for and we will be preparing for I don't think we can go there and take silly penalties which is again something that has hampered us in some games so um, it's going to be a tough ask we need to be you know mentally focused for um, for the whole game down there and then Kind of see see where that takes us. I'd probably be more inclined to go a bit more defensive down there, um, run them close, or you know sneak a one one goal advantage and then take it back um, to Brayhead, and then again, kind of you would I guess take it from there as well. But with the home crowd behind you and stuff like that, and you know maybe get the players up for it a bit more, maybe go a bit more attacking in the second game. I don't know. Um, it's, See, they, it's they a attacking. tough one to prepare for. <laughs> no, it's the, the attacking part was my Malcolm Cameron masterclass. That <laughs> we suddenly turn into this uh, this really offensive team. We're, we're not going to do it, but in a way, I, I would quite like to see it. Uh, you talked about stats there, and I'd mentioned to you earlier that it's, written down a, a wee bit of, of the kind of key points that I think are, are important and you've also you've mentioned some of them uh, I think the crucial one is going to be special teams mm-hmm. firstly we are bottom <laughs> bottom of the table or near to the bottom of the table in a number of things which are kind of worrying me <laughs> Uh, firstly, we've got the worst penalty minutes per game by far in the league. Um, and Cardiff have got some of the top scorers and the best, uh, second best power play in the league. So that that's my first worry Yeah. Uh, when you look at that, just taking that in isolation. We can't be giving them chances, which we say about, about most power plays, obviously, but we seem to give away, uh, I think it's thir- 13.6 penalty minutes a game uh, compared to Cardiff, we give away 11. So that that's an extra, that's an extra penalty a game. Uh, and given how strong they are power play-wise, that's something we can't do. Which means that we'll go down there and start just giving away loads of penalties. Now I've said that. Aye, if, if anyone's any players listening to this, then just don't do it. Just think twice about it. Take take a deep breath and then go on, mate. Exactly. That's, that's my pep talk. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, Matt Caruso, so so goaltending. We've talked about how good Shane Starrett's been. Uh, but actually, Cardiff have got the best statistically save percentage, Matt Cruz, 93.6%. So he's been their kind of standout. Uh, but they do give away their seventh, seventh in shots against. 
so they do give away chances. I think it'll be it'll be key that our kind of top line guys who've been the ones mainly scoring. I didn't sort of game go to you, for example, was your your secondary, but it'll be crucial that we take chances. Uh, because they're not they're not really like a Belfast where they don't give you nearly as many chances they will give us them, but backed up with good good goaltending. Yeah, I think as well in the playoffs, I think you're only going to see Matt Carruth up his game even more if that's possible. But um I believe he's um on his way to Denmark next season. Did I see that? I think he's signed yeah, with someone yeah. in Denmark. Um so again that just kinda highlights how good a season he's had and he's already been snapped up before the end of this season. So uh yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's, it'll be a tough ask. Um but if if you've if you said, you know, they do or they can give up chances then that's up to us, I guess, to um, do what we can and try and try and capitalise on that. Because uh, yeah, that's that's going to be probably our biggest um, biggest area, I guess, is is that and trying to capitalise on that and getting um, everyone on form. And uh, you'd mentioned game go to you there, but. Even Dyson Stevenson in recent games has been putting up points, and I think yeah. generally playing a lot better. Um, I think this is the kind of this is the Dyson Stevenson we thought that we were going to get at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, seen him kind of just put his body on the line, and it's really kind of been a a driving force for us in the last few games. So, um, good to see him coming into form as well so and I think he is a kind of big big game player or a playoff style player yeah he said that himself I think yeah uh, yeah you're right Um, so there's that as well so you know and it's only potentially two games so um, it'll be interesting to see just just how how much more he can he can give to the team and how much more that influences other players as well. Yeah, just just kind of put into perspective another sort of, uh, the phrase I used uh, this morning when I was sending you a message was that my, my heart thinks that we can do something but heads possibly saying otherwise. Uh, but I'd like to be positive. Cardiff have scored 38 more goals than us over the season. Uh, <laughs> so she's been positive. That this is this is me being positive. And right. even even more so they've conceded fifty one less goals. Um right. so I think I think though it is gonna be how quiet can we keep uh, their top guys so Brody Reed uh, is obviously the the main man, I think, uh, 31 goals he's got this season. He's the one to hopefully try and keep quiet as as well as uh, Cox, Connor Cox. I'm making that up. Trevor. Trevor, Trevor Cox. Uh, and Crandall as well. They're the three main men. Is it possible that we can keep them quiet enough? I think it is, because we, we have produced some good defensive displays. Just look at that Sheffield one. And some of the some of the forwards that they've got, um, and at the same time, I think obviously we've got Matthew Wah, who uh, I have noted has had his second best ever professional season for points. That's incredible. That is incredible. Uh, he has been obviously absolutely flying, uh, and Nolan Laporte a couple of big goals recently. The goal against Fife was a, a cracker uh, at Brayhead at the weekend. Oof. I don't think any goaltender would be saving that. So it's moments like that and these kind of big guys. I also hope that Yellowhorn steps up uh, because he has got ability but I just 
see him as one of those guys that maybe go go a wee bit missing in these games, if that's fair comment. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've seen him. I've seen him more recently, been a, a bit more aggressive, and you know, I've kind of, I've kind of liked that as well. I think he's, um, he, he does kind of often go under the radar, and you know, there's obviously been questions throughout the season about, um, like his kind of overall performance, I guess. Um, but you know, kind of looking at him a bit more closely recently, I've seen. A bit more aggression from him, and, um, you know. Kind of again, he's a, a bit of a journeyman as well when it when it comes to having played everywhere, and um, you know he'll you'll know what to what to expect when it comes to playing in playoffs. So uh, again, I'm hoping we can kind of use that to our advantage. But it has, I think, his point production has dropped off a wee bit recently. Um, and it's been mainly Wa, Laporte, um, Jones, and I think Stevenson. You could probably throw in there just now as well. Um, but your main your main point scorers, but we know that we know Yellowhorn can do it. And I guess the kind of only downside for me to his game is that he hasn't scored enough. You know, he's creating a lot of chances, but not actually, um, but not not scoring a lot. Um, so I would like to see him do that a bit more if he can do that in these games then that would obviously be great for us um, he did actually have a, a huge hit now I remember against Fife <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> which was a bit of a surprise <laughs> um, given the, the kind of stature but again to be fair he is, he is going at that point again and you, you probably wouldn't really complain about that when he came in uh, but I, I suppose you sort of build up an expectation about about someday and at times for me he's possibly not lived up to that but um, I guess it's, it's it's a bit harsh to say that he's not uh, turned up in big games, I hope he has a big weekend, he, he probably will um, and he'll do one of those Conor McGregor celebrations again and uh, I should say that it's actually Matthew was third best season for points. I've recalculated my stat. Um, oh. But I think it was only the first season in Sheffield and then 2012 in Florida where he, he's got more points. Still oh, okay. a, a really impressive stat. Um, he scored more than he, more than he has since that first season in Sheffield as well. So I think he's just showing that uh, he's defying the age critics that maybe we could possibly have been <laughs> among some of them at the start of the season, his injury record and stuff. I don't really think he's he's missed many games, has he? Just a couple with a small injury kind of midway through the season, but... Again, he's been he's been brilliant, um, and the three of them could be could be the key along with Starrett to kind of uh, unlock Cardiff. But it'll be tough. Oh yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, but yeah, he's Matthew has been been immense this season. Um, yeah, I think at the start of the season we we were fairly not critical, but just. Uh, I guess questioning whether he was fit enough to to be able to last a full season, um, because that the first season with us he did obviously get that injury and he looked kind of I guess kind of banged up at times and that was kind of his style and you know I think he'd from from the days from his early days in Sheffield didn't really see that kind of player. Um, with us in, in his first season, but um, certainly, certainly seen it this season. Um, yeah, he's just thank God, to be honest, thank God that we did have him. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of in that middle portion of the season where it seemed as if it was only him that was scoring. 
Um, so no, he's he's had a great he's had a great season, um, and I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll pop up at some point in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean I think uh, statistically he's the the second top goal scorer in the league behind uh, JJ Pickenich, 33 goals. So he's been uh, just everything we could ask for, I suppose. Uh, so hopefully more of the same from those kind of guys against Cardiff. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was was defensively. Obviously during the week we saw the return of Nico Vinen. Um Do we have any idea what was happening there? Was he injured? Was he just being rotated out the out the defence? Because you, you've seen Brock Bukubin make way for him. Uh, who obviously had a, he had a spell in the team before that. So, what's going on there? Is it is it just a case of who Malcolm Cameron sees as the best best six, or is it uh, is it a, an injury? Um, it's a good question. I don't I don't know to be honest. Um, it's maybe one of those ones where he's maybe been carrying a slight injury for. For some time during the season, and Cameron's decided to give him a bit of a a bit of a rest to, you know, for it to heal properly, and then bring him back in. But um, I don't know because I, I did feel like he, he started the season well, fine, and then kind of drifted out. Um, and I wonder if that's maybe something to do with it, but I don't know, and. Yeah, book of boom making way just now. Uh, I guess it's not it be a case of it could just be another another injury, I guess. I don't know that it's maybe down to form, but yeah, who who knows really. I There's not I, really been anything anything published about it. That's kind of why I ask. Obviously no. Lennon comes in for that two 0 win against Sheffield and you, you can't really bring a guy in. A, a home shutout victory against a team like Sheffield, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, drop him again. <laughs> and then drop them again. Uh, and obviously, we, we then go on to beat five twice. Um, but I suppose, I suppose clubs don't often reveal reasons behind that kind of thing. Certainly not in hockey. So, uh, he, Malcolm Cameron seems to be a big fan of of Liam Stenton. Um, and you'd think now before the season, you'd think, okay, uh, he would be the one, the the one to make way, uh, rather than one of the imports, and then sort of shuffle around other Brits. But it's I, I like the confidence that he has in Stenton. I've I've been impressed with him still, uh, in the bits bits and pieces that I've seen. So I guess it's just just who he trusts most to play in that system. Uh, I can I can guarantee you one thing that I don't think we're going to see any more of Jamie Crooks this season. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, you could pro- we could probably have a full podcast just about Jamie Crooks, um, and just yeah, how his season's gone. Um, I mean, look, it's it's maybe a bit unfair. Obviously, the guys just. It's just not happened for him for for whatever reason this season. Um, that happens. Um, I don't think we can really. I don't think we can dwell on it on it too much. Um, I would never say never though because. I mean, anything can happen. Um, injuries do happen. Um, and if he's called upon, then we're looking for him to channel his five goal game against Cardiff. Yeah. If he, if he comes back and scores five goals against Cardiff, then put him up on the wall. Oh, that—that's what I was going to say. That—that <laughs> that is deserving of a Wall of Fame place. I don't care what you say about Scott Pitt or Matt Keith or anybody else. Get those ripped down on a double-sized Jamie Crooks banner up there. <laughs> If he comes back and does <laughs> yeah. a full size, a full size <laughs> Jamie Crooks 
uh, modeling one of those clan hoodies on the wall. <laughs> uh, but no, if it comes That's back and does that, seen. if it comes back and does that, then he's definitely worthy of it. I do feel sorry from for him from that point of view because he's not been given the chance but that's obviously based on performances it's not yeah. worked out as a signing we we won't see him back uh, but he seems like the kind of guy that would pop up at another team in the league and start start scoring again it's, it's just the way it goes really but unfortunate for him uh, but other guys I guess have just just taken their chance where he's He's not so. Yeah, get, wait, um, get a photo of him at the at the uh, the awards dinner. See that one? He looked about seventy year old in the picture. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's uh, quite un, quite unfortunate. An unfortunate photo um, and an unfortunate season. Um, and again, just kind of touching on Stead now, what you'd said. Um, but I do want to also touch on the Wall of Fame. So I'll quickly say that Liam Stenton's had a great season. Um, and yeah, it's, it's plain to see that, that Malcolm Cameron rates him and um, you know, he's he's had a fair chunk of ice time as well. Um, I would say he's probably been our best Brit player um, overall, which is maybe unfair on the forwards because they're not seeing the ice as much, but yeah, between him and Haywood anyway. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, but yeah, he's just he's he's been really good. He kind of gives a different dimension to the to the defence as well, which is uh, which is kind of what you want as well. Um, so no, he's he's been excellent. Um, aye, Wall of Fame. What's happening? What's going on yeah. with that? Is it, like, no, is it full? <laughs> it, cer- it certainly kind of looks full. Uh, but I think the argument that we're going to make is probably the same one. And it's that Scott Pitt needs to be up there in some form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that coincides with getting him out of retirement again for next season to replace Jamie Crooks, then... I'm up for that, uh, but it's a. F- they've not really said anything. I, I imagine the easy excuse is that obviously they've had other business dealing with the arena and the business and the, the kind of financial implications, contracts, things like that. Um, but a wee a wee placeholder announcement wouldn't go amiss because he's he's got to be the next one up there. I think. I don't even think we really need to vote for it, do we? But I'm sure they will. People will vote for Cody Saul or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I think he's he's got to up there. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I know. There's like I don't know. There's been obviously been various things going on with the club, and um, yeah, and I guess like from this season, or like if you're going to do it like they did it before and have one per season, I don't really think that works. Um I don't really think you can do that anymore. Um certainly not for last season or two years ago, whenever that was. Um and then this season I don't I, it's just kinda I don't know. It's one of those things you kinda look at it from sort of large, sort of bigger perspective and, and see like, you know, Scott Pitt needs to be up there because He's clan's top point scorer. Um, he was just he was an incredible hockey player. Um, for for us, he needs to be he needs to go up there. Um, as something as well, I do kind of wonder if they'll change it for next season, given there's no um, there's obviously not been anyone from recent seasons up there. So I don't think there's any Glasgow clan players. I think, I think they're all from the Brayhead yeah. era. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so whether they'll look at that and maybe change things up a wee bit, I don't know. But it's just the fact that nothing, nothing's been said about it at all this season. Um, 
and now the regular season's over, so it's, I don't think it's going to happen. So yeah, it just you know what's what's going on, mate. Yeah, and I mean he he would satisfy that Glasgow clan thing as well. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Spanned both periods, so. Um, but yeah, it need, needs to be Scott Pitt. I don't think you can put it to a vote. It just needs to be him. No. And then, whenever Haywood hangs up his skates, he should obviously go up there as well. But I think that's it for me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, I think. I think you. I'm. I'm confident that we'll see something about it next season. Uh, but between that, getting the the nets properly pegged, <laughs> and getting the goal line technology working every game. <laughs> that, but yeah, Scott Pitt, obviously both both need to to start this petition to get him up there. And I think he, I think he will. If it, if it's a space thing. And they need to get resize every other banner, whatever else, then do it, whatever. Whatever you need to do, sort it out. But I think it'll happen, so I'm confident of it. You should really have thought about that when they started doing it. This a full length, full height banners. Um yeah. you were only ever gonna get what a dozen out of that at most. So yeah. Um. So yeah. Who knows? Maybe they are rethinking it in the background. But um. Aye, the petition. The petition starts. Yeah. I think the th- I think we've talked about this obviously for about fifteen minutes. But uh, <laughs> of this more than the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So we should. We've got more chance of getting a Scott Pitt banner than winning the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> but the two mistakes were the, the full length banners and also doing that restriction to one per season thing that was nonsense so mm-hmm. sort it out um let's just quickly uh, do some uh playoff predictions then and yeah. we'll include in that obviously the clan game but the the other matchups um a couple of interesting ones there just going for we go for overall outcomes. i think i think we should go overall if you want to do scores you can um, but I guess just before that, I wanted to mention some of the, the Twitter responses because that was going to tie in with the playoff stuff. I think the overall thought on the playoff final weekend, as has been reiterated by uh, a couple of people, Graham, Glasgow Clan fan, um, two of them to say that the league made a mistake with the playoff final weekend ticket set up um, obviously the price which works out is very expensive per game and and the lack of kind of concession family tickets being the two big mistakes I've not looked obviously not going myself but I've not looked at what the sales are what's still available assuming that you can see that but from from reading I think they'll be they'll be losing a lot of money and it, it probably won't be full like it has been in previous years because of things like that. Yeah, and that's you know, ultimately that's that's a, a shame that it's come to that really. Um, I don't think they really get in a position at the moment to be able to to charge over the top. Um, you know, due to a, a variety of reasons really, but um, yeah, it's just. Um, it's unfortunate, really, that it's, that it's come to that. You kind of want to, you want to continue to build the sport, and um, you know that's it's obviously a great spectacle having, you know, the playoff final weekend in the one place, and fans from across the league all come together for that event, um, and you know that's something that should be celebrated, and not you know the league just taking advantage of people um, which is what it looks like um, so no I think I hope that they can learn from this mistake and rectify it next year um, 
again, there's not there's been no communication from the league on it. Um, which I guess says everything. They've kind of realised that they've made a mistake, but can't yeah can't fix it now. It's too late to fix. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. Um, a couple of the the other opinions to the the questions that we asked Graham saying that the main objective of being better than Fife has been achieved. Hey, happy at the second legs at home. Need to be within one goal after the first leg. Agree with that. Obviously, except my Malcolm Cameron tactical masterclass bit where we'll be five up coming back home. Um, and albeit he's not got playoff fever, Glasgow clan fan does after two years of not having it. Um, better than thought, finish mid-table. Most fans would take that. Yeah, I think we kind of said that, that we would. Um, and obviously a couple of points either way, and it could have been a even better season, really. Uh, although I guess that depends really on your opinion, who you wanted to play. Um, and a bit of quiet confidence. So do you have that quiet confidence? Or are we, <laughs> are we becoming the, the ultimate lose at quarter-final stage, elite league, <laughs> uh, legendary, that status. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 feeling quietly optimistic. I think, um, you know, I, I can totally agree with where Graham's coming from because we've been in this position so many times before and we know what the outcome is. Um, so I can get that point of view, but no, I do have get I do have playoff fever. It's kind of spreading around. It's taking hold of the uh, taking hold of the city. I'm, yes. I'm quite confident. I think I think we can. I think we can do it. So is Steel the Puck. Says um, well Sheffield. <laughs> well, whether he is or isn't, I will. Uh, say that at least one person then thinks that we'll beat Cardiff and go on to win the playoff final. I'm going to add my positive opinion to that. I think we're going to beat Cardiff as well. Are we going to win the playoff final? No, I think Belfast are. But yeah. I think we're going to I think we're going to beat Cardiff overall. Um I think we're due it, even though we always say that we're, we're due a we're due a playoff finals, and I think Malcolm Cannon will be the the one to deliver it. So my prediction there is that Clan will go through on aggregate. Yeah, no, I like it. I do like it. Um, and the arena is going to be big atmosphere on Sunday night. I know. So, I'm absolutely gutted to be missing the game, but yeah, um, that's just that's the way. It, that's the way it unfolds, un- unfortunately for me, but I'm sure someday else will take my seat. Um, yeah. Needs to be a sellout. Got to get that as, got to get that as a sellout. Yeah, just pretend um, it's a sellout, even if it's not. Nah, just, <laughs> do did, uh, just put cardboard cutouts in seats. And, yeah. Um, but no, I think like that's, I guess, kind of a sub point um, is that the, the atmospheric games has been has been really good recently as well. Um, yes, it has. So, aye, big. Um, obviously, big help uh, there from from section N. Um, now they've been it's been great um, the last couple of months in particular. I think um, that's really kind of come back. Um, so that's good to see, uh, and I'm sure they'll obviously do the same again on Sunday. Um, when we beat Cardiff. Yeah, two, two teams with, with good followings of support, so I've got no doubt that we'll be a full away section. Um, yeah. As, as full as possible for both those games. It, it is interesting that part of my confidence is coming from the fact that in previous years, uh, we have come up against teams that maybe people would say we're, we're more expected to beat. I'm thinking of uh, Fife a few years ago, 
um, Dundee as well. Yeah. Which ended in us going out to teams who ultimately probably just wanted that a wee bit more than we did. Perhaps we can turn the tables on that a bit and uh, do the do the job on card if you're hoping. Uh, elsewhere, obviously, you've got three more ties to sort of mid-table teams. Guildford and Nottingham play each other. Coventry have got the sort of the wooden spoon tie against the on-fire Belfast Giants. And uh, one that does interest me, that's why I was kind of saving it for last, Sheffield and Dundee. Now, yeah, I would want to avoid Sheffield, I think, but they've struggled recently, their form. And Dundee, you just never know. I can see them possibly causing an upset there, if I'm honest. (laughs) I I genuinely can. So I'm I'm going to be the guy that predicts a Dundee victory there against Sheffield. Belfast to go through against Coventry. And the Guildford Nottingham one is just it's a bit of a toss up. Uh, I think I saw that Nottingham brought in uh, Downey, was it, from Manchester, the goaltender, because Kevin Carr was out injured. I'm not sure if he still is injured, but uh, Kerlin coming in led to some real uh, shocker. Like, yeah, they were a disaster for a few games. Obviously, shows how important a goaltender is. Um, so that's important. I've, I've not really looked into that. Obviously, I care more about the clan games. But if you're asking for a prediction, which I am, I'm going to say Guildford. So I've got a Guildford, Dundee, Belfast, and clan final four. <laughs> I mean, if that is the case, Belfast will be Belfast will be rubbing their hands at that prospect. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll agree with you on on the Guildford, uh, Nottingham tie. I feel like, um, yeah, well, well, Nottingham have had Kevin Carr out. Um, I'm not sure actually. I'm not sure if he's going to be back or not. So if he's not, then that's, you know, they're in big trouble there. Um, yeah, he, he didn't. Just looking at it, he didn't play against Cardiff. Um, right. So uh, it was a 7-3 defeat, didn't play, so hmm. I don't know, but it's yeah, big factor, sorry. No, no, um, but it is a big factor, so you know, if that is the case, then I think Guildford will win, but even just um, even just the, the kind of the knock-on effect that that might have on the team and um, yeah, whether they'll be able to cope with that or not, even if if Carr comes back, you'd think if Carr came back, it would give the rest of the team a bit of confidence. But um, no, nah, I would still I'll still pick Guildford for that one. Um, Belfast Coventry <sighs> might be closer than you think, but it has to be Belfast really. Can't see anything other than Belfast. Um, yeah, unless it's kind of a, a hangover from winning the league. And I, yeah. I don't mean a, a literal hangover. But sometimes, you know, you see in across different sports, even a, a team that are that dominant, then going into the, the playoffs possibly can't replicate it, but just it's hard to see hard to see past them with the firepower that they've got and just not only that, how good they are defensively. Mm-hmm. Coventry, I suppose, you have to look at them as the weakest team in the playoff, statistically. Albeit we can't manage to beat them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and they will have to rely on CJ Milt probably quite a lot if you know if they are to kind of do anything there. Uh, and I think he is capable, but I, I do just think that the Giants have got far too much. Um, firepower um, up top to, to deal with that so 
We'll have Belfast, Guildford. Uh, I'm taking Clan as well. So Belfast, Guildford, Clan. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Sheffield. I think. I think Dundee might get a win at home against Sheffield, but I don't think it'll be enough for them to get to the the final weekend. So that's my that's my predictions. Interesting, yeah. actually, just quickly that Belfast have picked away, picked to go away first, yeah, and then have the home tie second. Interesting. Yeah. But, I suppose they I suppose they're doing the, the opposite of the travel thing. And that they just fancy themselves at home. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's the tie that's going to be least affected by the travel, to be honest. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, cer- certainly looking forward to it, obviously, and hopefully everyone enjoys the game that, that can go and that we're that we're in it come the Sunday. Because you want that, yeah. you want the atmosphere to be, uh, to be big, and I think as long as we're close, it will be, and hopefully that will get us over the line. Exactly, that's it. One, uh, one final point. Yep. From me, is to do with the playoff jerseys. Absolutely. Um. So they were announced today, I think. Yeah, they're on today. Um. Don't really have too much to say about them other than they are what they are. They're fine. I always kind of feel that way about playoff jerseys, though. I don't really understand the need for them, really. I thought thought there was going to be a big point coming. Oh, no, no, no. I just kind of always feel like it seems like now when you go abroad somewhere, if you go to Spain and you go to every shop in Spain that sells like mock football tops, a bit like that. Yeah. I know it must be a, again, it must be a, a commercial thing that, uh, is it Rhino that provide all the playoff jerseys and then they're, they're auctioned off, obviously. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with it, really. That's the best thing we can say. <laughs> said, there's, there's nothing really wrong. Hopefully we get to see them more than twice and <laughs> yeah. the next time we record we'll be recording a playoff final preview and not a season review what that's a way to the, sign off eh that's the dream yeah that is the dream oh exactly we need to build up the excitement for um, when we win the playoff final weekend for that to be episode 100 yeah exactly and we'll just record nonsense in between we won't record until we won't record episode hundred until we've won our playoff final weekend. Yeah. So so episode hundred will be out in two thousand and twenty seven. Even that's ambitious. But Yeah, it is. It is nah. exactly. I was gonna nah, say we won't record episode hundred until we beat Guildford, but actually that's fine this season. It's commentary, <laughs> that's what we'll do. We'll wait for commentary. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for people getting in touch. Look forward to the weekend. Hopefully, everybody enjoys it, and we'll be we'll be back with the next the next episode when we're through. So, cheers again, folks, and catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>